<clears throat> Hi, and welcome to another episode of Walleye Chronicles, where I sit down with each and every one of you and try to figure out what you did as a youth to make yourself the fisherman you are today. So today I have a wonderful guest with me, a local guide, Mr. Troy Peterson, also known as Mr. Beluga. How are you doing today, Troy? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. First question I have to ask, because I don't know if I've seen this anywhere or I've heard it anywhere, but where, and it's been a long time, Mr. Bluegill, where did that come from? <laughs> is that just as being a kid always catching bluegills or no, where does that come from? It was kind of one of those things where um, there was a, an old guy that I met ice fishing um, from Oshkosh. His name was Dick Stilly, and he was one of the guys that started the original MWC okay. um, when it was the manufacturer's walleye circuit. Um, and he had, you know, he was good friends with another guy that I looked up to by the name of Gary Roach, who everybody knows as Mr. Walleye. Yep. And the, uh, you know, I got, got to meet Gary through Dick and it was kind of like a dream come true type of thing and got to fish with him and became friends and, um, fished with him quite a bit, did some catalog shoots with Lund nice. with him. And, uh, it was funny way back, I think it was 2001, um, when all this kind of transpired, um, we met up in Green Bay at a PWT and, uh, they kind of gave me crap because at the time my license plate said Mr. Wally in Wisconsin. And, uh, <laughs> so, you know, kind of out of respect, those guys gave me a bunch of crap and changed it to walleye fisher for a while. And, you know, I'd ice fish with all these guys and, and I, you know, we'd fish walleye tournaments in the summer Yep. and then, uh, in the winter time, you know, we all ice fish for bluegills. And every time we go out with them, I'd kind of whoop their tails. And, you know, then they started calling me Mr. Bluegill. And that's kind of how I got the name. And then I trademarked it, had a logo made. And uh, ever since 2001, it's kind of stuck with that's me. That's a great, so. it's a great name and a great story to get there, too. It wasn't just like, oh, I'm just going to call myself Mr. Bluegill. It's, yep. that's, that's pretty funny. Um, yeah, because I've heard, heard of you. Have you been around? I mean, we obviously live fairly close to each other. So I kind of seen your stuff and, and been around issue. Um, so where did you grow up? So I grew up in uh, in Menasha. Um, well, we lived uh, kind of central part of uh, the city, and uh, you know we had Lake Winnebago in our backyard. My dad and mom were divorced, and my dad actually lived on Lake Winnebago, um, right next to Payne's Point Hook and Spear Club. Um, so I spent a lot of time there on the water growing up, and then my grandma and grandpa, uh, who are primarily the main reasons that got me into fishing, lived on the island, on Doty Island in Menasha. Mm -hmm. So we had the Nina River, we had the Menasha Dam, the Nina Dam, kind of everything all around there, and uh, that's kind of where we got started. So you were destined to become a fisherman. Like there was, <laughs> you're no, there was no way you're going to get out of not fishing for a living. You know what? I'll never forget this. My grandma and grandpa bought a brand new 18 foot Sylvan. And this was going way back when like bow mounts were first, you know, <laughs> becoming a thing. Right. And I could remember going out, my grandma used to pull me out of school when the bluegills were on their beds to go, you know, catch dinner. And back then the limits were 50. So um, what I know now is versus <laughs> what we did back then, I feel horrible because right? for, you know, two weeks straight, uh, we would go out every day, catch, you know, 150 bluegills, grandpa and, and myself, and we'd come home, clean them, eat a few of them, and then put them in these little, uh, like, uh, ham canisters, yep. fill them up with water and stack them in the freezer. And, but, you know, my grandma and grandpa lived through the Depression area and, you know, eating venison, eating yep. fish. That was just what they mm -hmm. ate. And that's what they did. It yeah. wasn't, nothing went to waste. Yeah, I always tell everybody not to, not to be ashamed of your past. Yeah. You know, obviously everybody's working towards the future and a long-term, 
you know, keeping the fish around longer. But yeah, as our past, there's a lot of, there's a lot of skeletons in our clouds. There's a lot of pictures that <laughs> would not want to see come out, right? If it's a springtime walleye run or whatever it is, or perch, it's, you know, a lot of us have that, which is great. And it's cool to see some of that stuff's coming back too, as well as, you know, the, as we change the limits around a little bit here and, and help preserve what's there. Yep. Um, so, you know, that's really what it was, but I told my grandma, I, I can remember the one day we were out in the boat and I'm, you know, standing up on the bow and casting um, like a slop frog or something. I'm like, man, I'm like the coolest kid in town right now. I'm going to be a professional fisherman. And, um, you know, I can remember uh, my grandma and grandpa and everybody were kind of supportive. But then you got the other part, you know, it's like, yeah, don't even waste your time on fishing. <laughs> right. <laughs> right, yeah, back then it wasn't really much. There wasn't much, you know, I mean, there was people out there fishing, but it was a very thin market, I guess you'd say. Yep. Um, so what's your first memory of fishing? What's the first day you can, that you can kind of go back and think of the first um, time you went fishing, the first fish you caught? So my grandma and grandpa had a, um, a cottage up on Shano every summer. And I can remember going up there and catching all the big bluegills and sunfish, um, up on Shano <laughs> Lake. And then, uh, for a summer vacation, our family always went up to Minocqua. Oh, um, so spent a lot of time up there fishing as well. But, you know, the, the greatest memories I have was with my grandma and grandpa on Poygan and then on Shano during the summer, for sure. Um, going, catching bluegills, coming back, throwing them in a drum scaler, you know, scaling <laughs> them all, cleaning them all. And, um, you know, we ate a lot of fish growing up. Yep. Yeah, that was, that's the, you know, for us, it was a couple of days a week, you know, getting, yep. getting the fish. You, had, you went out to catch them and then you also had them a couple of days a week. So was that first stuff fishing, dock fishing off a boat? Um, we did both. And, you know, when we were up in Shano, we had the dock and we'd sit there right over the dock and, you know, catch Bobbers. all the bluegills. And um, where we were at, you know, in the evenings, the big ones would come in. So we'd catch a lot of nice big bass and pike and um, bluegills and stuff right off the docks. Um, but going out in a little 14-foot boat and, you know, <laughs> motoring out to the to the weed beds and catching bluegills. And, and when I was 16... <clears throat> excuse me, um, got my first car and I had a 1979 Chevette two-door hatchback. Nice. And I welded up um, a trailer hitch for that thing. <laughs> and uh, my f uh, girlfriend's dad had a, um, a little 14-foot Sears with a 1956 Johnson 10 horse. I bought that from him, <clears throat> made it my duck hunting boat and my little fishing boat. And man, I hauled that thing all over the state <laughs> and uh, nothing was going to keep me from being on the water. And uh, I fished a lot, you know, in Nina River and places where I could get a little boat and not have to worry about wind. Right. Um, went up to Shano, went up to, you know, all the little lakes up north. And, um, you know, that's kind of really what got me fueled on my own was just every second I had, I'd go fishing. But then I started taking, you know, kids out fishing, doing stuff with big brothers, big sisters, mm. and taking these kids out fishing. And then that kind of, you know, transpired into... Um, you know, getting parents and stuff out too. Yep. And you know, I was like, you know what? I, this is what I want to do. I want to teach people how to fish. I want to go out and I want to be that guide and, and, you know, and to watch people smile every day yep. doesn't get old. Yep. Um, so what was the first thing or the first time where somebody taught you something that you still use today? Oh boy. That you, um, that you pass along to your, to your groups you have with you all the time. <laughs> you know, when the bluegills um, are on their beds, um, and I, I have such a good time with this, especially when we got the kids in the boat, you catch a big male bluegill and you, you squeeze them a little bit and they kind of 
shoot out a little stream, a little yep. bit of weather wall log if they're peeing or whatnot. And my grandpa um, used to do that to me, and my grandma used to do it to me, and then I started doing it to them. So now when I got kids in the boat and you catch bluegills, you turn around and you, you make them pee on the kids or whatnot. Everybody gets a chuckle out of it. Right. Um, but, uh, it, you know, that's one thing we do. But as far as, you know, learning and what I've learned, uh, you know, hanging out with some of the best walleye guys, you know, Kavias Parsons back in the early days of getting started in the fishing world mm -hmm. and spending time on the boat with, you know, Tommy Scarlesses and all these big walleye guys. I've learned a lot, not just here in our local systems, but yep. traveling across the Midwest, um, doing different techniques and what you learn in one spot, you can bring back here, improvise. Yep. And, you know, that's, that's how a lot of these, you know, these companies keep going is just innovating products yep. because of new techniques and twists on different techniques. Right, yeah combination of stuff what um what was your favorite spot growing up fishing if you um, had to pick one spot if you were you know let's say hey let's go back and relive a memory what where are we going <laughs> you know i would have to say uh Cuso lake um my uh godparents had a campground up there they were at evergreen and uh going up there you just the smell of the pines um, the bluegills, you know, on their beds, small little lakes. And that's mm -hmm. half the reason why I moved out to that area now is because that's, that was my childhood. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, the Shauna lakes and that, that's all pretty crazy busy. I mean, lots of people yep. and I loved fishing up there, but now, um, you know, you just, I can't deal with the people. And <laughs> when you get out over by me, we've got, you know, 30 lakes within a 15 mile radius. Yep. Um, you know, it's kind of a untouched part of Wisconsin. That, that is correct. Uh, I won't mention the County, but yeah. I also grew up there <laughs> and it's pretty awesome. If I said the County, my dad would be pretty pissed. Yeah. So, um, yeah, yeah. It's gorgeous over there. There's a lot of areas yet. I mean, as I think, as fishing grows and it gets more mainstream, uh, COVID obviously helped a little bit and people kind of are getting in more in these areas and it's going to stretch out. And I would assume eventually a lot of these untapped areas are going to be, have more people on them. Well, here's one thing, you know, I was just out on the boat with the secretary of the DNR and a couple of the people that are responsible for writing all the regulations. Mm -hmm. And the, you know, the nice thing about Wisconsin, they're not quite what to Minnesota is yet as far as preserving their panfish, yep. but we're getting close mm -hmm. and I'm a huge advocate for, I'd love to see the entire state go to a 10 fish limit. Um, the problem is, is you can set these limits on these lakes, but it's hard to enforce them because there's not enough wardens out there. So, so we lakes, as fishermen yep. have to kind of enforce ourselves and mm -hmm. kind of keep an eye on out on the lakes. But, um, you know, that's, that's really the biggest thing is just, you know, teaching the importance of, you know, trying to make sure we have a population of fish mm -hmm. for my kids, their kids and yep. you know, future generations. And those small fish, I mean, that's, that's what feeds our larger fish too. People don't understand that, that that's, you know, you need the smaller fish to help the, it's, it's, you know, it's equal. It's an idea yep. behind that, right? There's small fish, big fish, and we all kind of, they'll work in, in together with each other. Absolutely. So what's your favorite lure mm. growing up? Favorite lure growing up. Um, you always had to throw, always head on. Yep. It uh, was definitely the Countdown Ropolis. Mm -hmm. um, the little, you know, black and silver, perch colored. <laughs> um, if if I lost mine, I'd either go to my one grandma and grandpa's house and find some in their tackle box, or I go to my other grandma and grandpa's house and find some in their tackle box, and somehow they'd make it home back with me. So, there you go. Uh, what was the first one you bought? First lure you bought? Remember? First lure I bought. Oh boy, um, you know we we grew up casting, you know, down by the dam and down on uh, off a of Taco Street mm -hmm. there, and uh, 
Um, I'd say the cheapest and easiest lures for us to get were just spinners, you know, or like a, yeah, a spinner bait or something like that. And, you know, we thought we could catch pretty much anything. Um, and, uh, it was, they were cheap. You know, you could get them typically for under a dollar. Right. So when's the last time you were down there fishing? Uh, you know, I was just out there, um, about a week ago, I went and checked, um, to see if the pike were going out on little Lake Butamore and it's just such a weedy mess. The water's <laughs> low and um, right. nothing happening yet, but uh, it'll get going here this fall. Okay. Um, so as far as growing up, did you, you grew up in town. So did you have obviously had friends? Did you guys fish a lot? Was it kind of like the sand lot where you guys all get your poles and, and bikes and go down the water and fish? How was that? What was oh, that yeah. like? Um, we had, we built trailers for the backs of our bikes and, um, we drove everywhere. Um, we, I mean, it was nothing for us to drive three, four miles to go fishing on our bikes and we'd spend all day in the water. Man, you got, you grew up right in the middle of some good fishing. I mean, really, it really did. We could go to, you know, to Nino, to Menasha. We could go down to Appleton, you know, down by the locks, yep. um, you know, over to Menasha Dam, Nina Dam, Doty, Jefferson. I mean, all the parks and, you know, Menasha is a really central, you've got water all the way around. Pretty much, yeah. And you could go catch smallies. We could go catch perch. We, what did you guys, what, what was your, what were you aiming for? Just to catch something every just day? Just catch something. Just catch fish. Um, and then, you know, there were, there was some times that uh, um, we'd go down by the Menasha Dam and uh, some of the, the black people that were down there would pay us to catch these sheephead. Okay. And they were loading the backs of their big giant 1970 Cadillac trunks, you know, yep. and they were taking the sheephead down to like mink farms and selling them. Mm. But then they were also taking the stones out of their heads and making jewelry. Nice. So they give us a couple dollars every day to go help I mean, them catch sheephead. <laughs> why, why not a reason to catch sheephead, right? Right. <laughs> so what's your favorite, what's, if you were going fishing right now and what's your favorite fish to fish for? You know, I've got a, a soft spot for, for the bluegills yet. If I'm going to go out, it's going to be, you know, I'll take the kids and we're going to go chase some panfish mm -hmm. out on the little lakes. But, uh, you know, every day I love hunting walleyes. That's kind of my thing. And then once we get into fall, um, I love chasing the muskies. And I've got a new kind of uh, infatuation with the, the lake trout on Green Lake. Ah. Uh, jigging for those things. Um, yeah. You know, we're so close now and it's such a great yep. fishery that... Uh, I'm trying to teach myself a little bit more on on how to how to fish those big lakers that are down there. That's Not to fun. mention you get those like four pound white bass too, which are yep. a riot. And yeah, reeling those bad boys up from that far down is a lot of fun. Oh. For the full version of this podcast, check out Fix TV. And remember, follow me on the talk at Smile and Fish and everywhere else at Matt Snell.